0: and explain how to apply God's word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. Let me let you in on a little secret. It really ought not to be a secret because of its topic and subject for some reason known only to the Lord. My heart has been stirred in recent days with thoughts regarding the Holy Spirit and his work with us. We have discussed several aspects of this in our adult Bible class over the last few months, but ideas such as our bodies being temples of the Holy Spirit and how this suggests that we must be holy have all been topics of our consideration lately. It is, of course very revealing when engaged in such a study with adults asking some pretty pertinent questions how we fail the lord in so many areas of our lives has become very evident then the aspect of grace rushes in to support our weakened hearts with the assurance of the love of god and of his grace that is ever sufficient during this time of reflection and while pondering the deep wells that i've indicated to you i was directed to research a newly released version of the bible as i understand it this english language version was first published in 2001 drawing from all previous translations from the original king james through the hundreds of years since 1611. i usually read the new international version in my own studies ...supported by the Revised Standard Version, sometimes, and, of course, the King James Version for expanded reading. So I was not too easily led to consider changing this historic position. A couple of remarks and comments were made by people coincidentally, people whose judgment I trust, that brought me to face this matter alone. I seemed to be directed to the ESV well being in the bookshop business i had materials for most currently available bibles so i sat down and studied the materials on the esv i'll share my findings with you after our first song call Oh I was curious about the ESV, as I mentioned. Up till that point in time, I had had very little interest in this particular version. As I had remarked, I normally use the NIV. The most popular Bible at the store is still the King James Version by far, but I was being drawn to consider the ESV more and more. The crowning moment, and the moment I think that settled the question in my heart, was when I read the summary by the executive editor where he explained how the team of 100 theologians, pastors, authors, and academics had their focus and what the end objective was to be as they produced another version of the Holy Scriptures. I want to share this with you in the hope that you too will sense the holy and sanctified approach that these great men of god went about with their arduous tasks over the years of work in producing this masterpiece let me quote the words for you as mentioned at the beginning of his introduction the goal and vision of the esv study is first of all and foremost to honor the lord and his word in terms of the excellence beauty and accuracy of its content and design and secondly in terms of helping people come to a deeper understanding of the bible of the gospel and of jesus christ as their lord and savior end quote. for me that settled the matter there were no more questions in my heart or mind i immediately ordered a sample copy to review And this sample came very quickly, and it was everything I would have expected it to be. I've since ordered a range of ESV Bibles in various prices and covers, and I already know which one I want. I can't wait for it to come. I share this with you so that whenever you're in the market for a new study Bible, you may consider the ESV for yourself. Best of all, it is terrific to be able to hold in our hands the Word of God, And it is even more wonderful to know that the God of the universe speaks to us through his word, doesn't he?
1: That rise from earth to touch your heart And glorify your name Your name is a strong and mighty tower Your name is a shelter like no other Your name Let the nation sing it louder, cause nothing has the power to save but your name. is a shelter like no
2: other your name let the nation sing it louder cause nothing has the power to save but your name is a strong and mighty tower Should sing it louder because nothing has the power to say, but you.
0: with his message for today here is our pastor
3: alan lee greetings in the name of our lord jesus christ it's a joy to be able to study the word of god together once again with you and today we begin a short series of biblical studies on the mysteries of the bible and we want to begin with the mystery of the kingdom of heaven first let's define the term mystery as used in scripture. A mystery is a truth previously unrevealed by God, but now revealed at his discretion as to time, place, and means. It is a truth hidden in the Old Testament, but revealed in the New. The Apostle Paul defines a mystery in Colossians chapter 1, verse 26, with reference to one of the twelve mysteries to be found in the New Testaments. He says, quote, The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. End of quote. Now, we will be looking at this particular mystery at a later time, but for today, we direct our attention to Matthew chapter 13 and the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. And we are doing so because of the emphasis that is placed on the kingdom in today's world. We believe it is necessary for us to look at it from a biblical perspective. Now it's important for us to look at the context or the background of Matthew chapter 13 if we are to understand what Jesus is teaching here. The Jews were expecting the Messiah to deliver them politically from their oppressors and establish his kingdom or rulership on earth. Jesus claimed to be the Messiah King, but Jesus did not see their political aspirations being addressed in his life and ministry, and so they rejected him. One of the most momentous and history changing and history making events ever to happen on this earth happened at that time. And so Matthew is explaining to the questioning Jewish nation the true nature of God's kingdom as it related to Jesus and the then present time. Again, my friends, I want to emphasize if there was ever a paradigm shift in history, it was then when the Jewish nation rejected Jesus Christ as their Messiah King and his kingdom was not able to be established when he came to establish it the first time. And so Jesus' main emphasis is to reveal that the anticipated kingdom was to be delayed or postponed for an even longer period and a new form of the kingdom which was not anticipated in the Old Testament, would come into existence during the interim period. Dr. Dwight Pentecost describes this in this way, The mystery was the fact that when the one in whom this program would be realized was publicly presented, he would be rejected, and an age would fall between his rejection and the fulfillment of God's purpose of sovereignty at his second advent. The mystery form of the kingdom then has reference to the age between the two advents of Christ. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven describe the conditions that prevail on the earth in that interim period while the king is absent. These mysteries thus relate to this present age, to the eternal purpose of God in regard to his kingdom on earth. The mystery form of the kingdom has reference to the things that were Hitherto unrevealed. It is definitely limited as to time, and it represents the entire sphere of profession in this present age. End of quote. Now, we need to realize also that both new and old truths or revelation are taught by the parables of Jesus in Matthew 13. And perhaps the key verse is verse 52. This is what it says, Jesus said to them, Therefore every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Now, based on this being a key to this chapter, the following divisions of the parables may be made. First, the owner of the storeroom is Jesus Christ, the King. The storeroom itself is the word of God. Thirdly, the new treasures are revealed in the first four parables of the chapter. First, we have the parable of the seed and the soils. This parable describes the proclamation of the kingdom. Then we have the parable of the wheat and the tares. This describes the false imitation that take place in the kingdom the third parable the mustard tree describes the wide visible extension of the kingdom the fourth parable that of the leaven in the meal describes the invisible inner extension of the kingdom these four parables present the new truths that jesus is teaching concerning this mystery kingdom the old treasures are described in the final three parables. The parable of the treasure represents the subjects of the true kingdom, verse 44. The parable of the pearl represents the voluntary sacrificial death of Jesus Christ for his subjects, verses 45 and 46. And the final parable, the seventh, that of the dragnet, describes the judgment of the nations at the end of the tribulation period. That parable is found in verses 47 through 50 of Matthew 13. I want you to note here, there was no mystery in the Old Testament that God would establish an earthly kingdom. In fact, this was the subject of numerous prophecies. However, it was a mystery, something hidden that there would be a period of time between the presentation of the king and Israel's acceptance of him as such, so that the kingdom could be established. The Old Testament predicted the rejection of the Messiah king, but it did not predict the postponement of that kingdom. This interim period brought about by this rejection includes the church age and the tribulation, and ends with the return of Jesus Christ, and Israel's official acceptance of his king. It is at that time that he will usher in the millennium, God's kingdom on earth. And it is important to note that this has special and specific reference to the Jewish people, not the church of Jesus Christ. But now, when we get into verses 10 through 17 of Matthew chapter 13, We have Jesus explaining his reasons for speaking in parables. And he says there are three reasons. It's to reveal new truth to believers. It is to hide new truth from those who do not believe. And it is to fulfill prophecy. Listen to his words. The words of the king himself. At this time, it was the words of the rejected king by Israel. Verse 10. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. This has to do now, in the context by the way, with the truth of the kingdom. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Those seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn. And I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. For I tell you the truth many prophets and righteous men longed to see what you see, but not, did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Now, down to verse 34, and also verse 35 of Matthew 13 Quote, Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd. In parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Parables, then, were spoken by Jesus to reveal truth to believers, conceal that same truth from unbelievers, and to fulfill prophecy. And in Matthew chapter 13, these parables are all related to the mystery of the interim period between his first and second coming to set up his kingdom on earth. You see, my friend, a second coming was necessitated because of his rejection as king by Israel at his first coming. Again, I emphasize, it is important to note that Jesus' earthly kingdom has to do primarily, if not exclusively, with the Jewish nation. This kingdom will be brought into being when Jesus Christ literally sits on the throne of David in the literal city of Jerusalem. My friends, there is much confusion being taught about the kingdom of God today, or I should say there is much error that results in confusion that is being taught about the kingdom today. True, specifically meant for Israel, are being applied to the church and vice versa, resulting in much erroneous teaching and biblical and theological destabilization of the people of God and utter confusion on the part of the unsaved. Now, my friends, Jesus knew this would happen. He warns about false teachers, he warns about confusion. That's why he specifically teaches about the mystery aspect of the kingdom promised to Israel. We must give heed to Jesus' teachings and to his warnings if we are to remain stable and assured in our faith. Or in the words of the Apostle Paul in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2, shaken or disturbed from our composure relative to our faith. That's what Paul says in this chapter in Second Thessalonians 2. False teachings, erroneous teachings concerning these days in which we live, the end days, could result in the destabilization of the believer's faith, their composure, their emotional stability as Christians could be upset. And he's making the point, as did Jesus, that it is only the accurate teaching of the word of God that can stabilize one's faith and give us that emotional stability that we need as believers this is the end purpose of this series of messages my friends to provide stability to your faith to an accurate understanding and application of biblical truth especially as it relates to the kingdom of god on earth and so next time we will look at the meaning of the parables in matthew 13 and their significance to the mystery of the interim kingdom of god until then this is pastor lee saying "Sila, think and act on these things
4: it can happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye
0: Address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as Echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, keep listening for that shout. Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon.
4: to stay The great commander's promise he will surely come again.